Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Oh, come on, you can do it better than that. Happy Easter. All right, after all, we should be proclaiming that. That's part and parcel, that's the heart of our faith, is the season that we're in now, where we believe in the resurrection and the hope of eternal life. Jesus has freed us from death and opened eternity for all of us. You know, we get bombarded frequently with commercials that show before and after things, for instance, whether you see on television or you read in a magazine, even the newspaper, many of them, you know, you see a, you know, here's somebody who is, you know, this scrawny guy, right? And he's doing this particular exercise routine, and in six weeks, this guy all of a sudden looks like a mini Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? So you see a before and an after. Same thing, you see some of these advertisements, you know, they show people, particularly women, they don't show this as men, I'm sorry, but they have this sort of hanging, ch- I don't know what they call this. But anyway, you know, you see them advertise it, and then they go through this treatment of some kind, and then they show them to you before and after, you know, they look like you took 20, 30 years off of them. Come on, give me a break, huh? You know? And then what about, you know, oh, follow this particular diet routine, and in six weeks you'll lose 50 pounds, right? So there's before and after. Well, that's what I believe we're hearing today in the Scripture a before and after, because we have to look at the disciples before and then after this resurrection account with Jesus and when Jesus breathes on them the Holy Spirit. This is actually the gospel also from Pentecost. So it is the beginning of the church. And that's what we hear in that first reading from Acts of the Apostles. You heard that, you know, everybody, you know, they gathered together and, and, and who, who was hungry was fed and who needed a sandal, got a sandal, you know, and it just everything was held in common in the church, and no one that was want, and anyone that was wanting for something was able to receive it through the community. Now, that's what the early church was like. And we have to realize what the de- definition of church is. Definition of church is the people of God, so we have to keep that in mind, okay? But when we look at the disciples before and after this encounter, then we see the beginning of the church. We see these men that were locked in a room because they were afraid. Of course they'd be afraid. Go out and say something about Jesus, they might do the same thing to you that they did to him just a few days before that. So even though they were locked in this room of fear, Jesus came to them. Even in our fear, Jesus comes to us. And he breathed, he says, peace be with you. The peace that Jesus breathes on people is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what gives life to us in our spirituality and in our faith. The Holy Spirit is truly the breath of God, the breath of life that is given to us. And we have all received that breath of life. And the peace is the peace of contentment and fulfillment that one feels within when one truly lives his or her faith and relationship with Almighty God. That's what Jesus breathed. And obviously this was a very powerful situation because after that these men went out, they were no longer afraid. 
And they started to proclaim this faith and the peace that this faith gives to them. So then we see Thomas going before and after from his unbelief to where he acknowledged the presence of Jesus, the reality of Jesus in his life. And then he makes this profound statement that we hear from Scripture. My Lord and my God. So they all changed. And when they changed, they took their belief and they started to walk and live that belief, that faith in and through the power of that breath of God that we've been given, the Holy Spirit. And you see, that's what we have to do. Remember I said the church, people of God? That's all of us here. And we are all called to be believers, but at some point in our lives, all of us, we have to go from just being a believer to where we become a disciple, just like the apostles became a disciple of Christ. What's the difference between a believer and a disciple? A believer says, yes, I believe in God. And that's pretty much as far as it goes for many people. Many Christians, that's as far, oh yeah, I believe in God. But what a disciple is, is somebody who says, yes, I believe in God. Now watch what I do with that belief. It's how we live our lives, how we show our lives, what is important to each and every one of us, what we stand for, what we fight for, what we share with family and friends, and even people that maybe, and I'm sure you all, we all know somebody who's fallen away from the faith, fallen away from the church. Our discipleship comes into play with that because we're called to try to bring that person back into faith, into fellowship, and into community. But you see, so many of us don't do that. A lot of Christians don't do that. But again, when we look at these readings, the reality of us coming here, we don't see Jesus We don't put fingers into his hands and into his side like the apostles did 2,000 years ago. But my good people, he's right here on the altar. He comes to us in a small piece of bread and still gives us life. You see, Father, before the consecration, calls down the Holy Spirit upon the bread and wine to make them into the body and blood of Christ which is then given to you and me so that we not only are believers, but that we can grow into and become more active disciples of the one true Savior. It's us. Now I know everyone in here is a believer. But I'm not too sure everyone in here now is a disciple. You have to look at yourselves. You have to see where you are. You have to see where this life of faith has brought you. 
and what you do with it and how it makes you live your life just like it has to do the same thing for me, how I live my life. You know, this may sound like a very harsh statement, and it is. When I hear something harsh, the devil believes in God. We hear that in Scripture. Right? He says, you know, he tempts Christ on the mountain. He believes in God. He knows God exists. But it doesn't affect. That is something that he just totally throws away. And that's what makes evil, evil. But you and I can't do that. You and I in our baptism, in the sacraments that we receive, we are empowered by Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. There's a wonderful prayer I just want to end with this morning. It was actually part of this morning's morning prayer. I've even read it in the RCIA. We talk about saints with it too, but it really, the prayer really describes what you and I should be like in our faith and ultimately our discipleship. And the prayer reads this way. Father, creator of unfailing light, give that same light to those who call to you. May our lips praise you. Our lives proclaim your goodness. Our works give you honor. And our voices celebrate you forever. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I bid you peace.